Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. happening what's going on welcome to another episode of full count chaos about the best team in baseball the baltimore orioles appreciate you tuning in of course you know how to get a hold of me full count chaos at gmail.com hit me up on twitter at full count chaos head over to full count chaos.com all the prior episodes ways to subscribe also check out sports drink org. That's the uh, sports network that I'm a part of. Their sport podcast, not sport podcast. All the good shit, anything you're looking for, sportsdrink.org will have it. Again, it's a great sports network. Head over there, check them out. I'm pretty sure they'll have the podcast you're looking for. Oh, what a beautiful first half of the season. The Orioles right now currently 52 and 35. Hell yeah! Two games behind the Rays. Are you kidding me? The Rays start the season 20 and 3. But here they are, the Orioles, two games behind the Rays right now. Then to wrap up the first half, they go into Minnesota. They take the first two. They're going for the sweep on Sunday. Congratulations and celebrations. Would be nice to see if the Orioles give the Twins a losing record to finish off the first half. But that's no threat. The Twins are like, yeah, bring it on. We don't care. We'll take a losing record. You know why? Because we'll still be winning the division with a losing record. Jesus Christ, if the Orioles were in the AL Central, they basically would have had the division wrapped up by now. Clinched, <laughs> ready for the playoffs, benching their starters. Because <laughs> they're like, we're good. Not even in August yet. Ah, we got it clinched. But it would be nice to end the first half sweeping Minnesota. You know, they're, hey, we don't care, whatever. We'll take a loss. Still leading the division. Now, it's kind of ironic because all through this first half of the season, Hyde got a lot of shit. Now, say what you want about Hyde, but hats off to that man. Massive props. Can't run a bullpen for shit, but that man needs a hug and a nice night out at Applebee's. All you can eat and drink. He deserves it. It's damn impressive what he's doing. People are still talking shit about Brandon Hyde saying, ah, he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be managing a team. 52 and 35, two games behind the Rays, second best team in baseball. Fuck it. They're the best team in baseball. People are saying Hyde needs to go. But there's still talk out there thinking that the Orioles will wind up blowing it and shit in the bed before October. And I don't know why I always fall for it when the Orioles go through a mini slump. If the Orioles didn't wind up winning those two games against New York, ending the four game series, I probably would have been back on Panic Mode Island. I think a lot of us would have. Well, Nate, don't don't speak for me. I was fine. I didn't fall for it anymore. Well, I did. And then add on the wins Friday and Saturday against the Twins. I'm feeling pretty damn good. I should be feeling pretty damn good anyway, leading up to the Twins, regardless of what happened in the Yankees series. It's a long season. I shouldn't have been on Panic Island, waving for help. 
but I feel ashamed. I had no faith in these Orioles again during their slump. You think, I, again, you think I'd learn by now, but the PTSD, it's still lingering. Every time I think they're down and out, they win games and remind me negative Nate needs to sit the fuck down and shut up. But as you know, the patience of a sports fan is next to nothing. <laughs> there is zero patience. We've talked about it here. When you're a sports fan, don't have time for that shit. Patience, never heard of it. Oh, boy. A lot of talk about some emails that came in. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Uh, emails piggybacking off the uh, DJ Diesel conversation. And uh gentleman also just wanted to write in and give his thoughts on the Orioles. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. want to congratulate all the Orioles that are headed to the All-Star. Cano, Bautista, Rushman, Hayes. Hayes starting uh, due to Judge and Trout getting hurt, but fuck it. He deserves it anyway. I remember Mullins started in 21 due to Trout getting hurt. So I guess basically Mike Trout is the gatekeeper when it comes to the Orioles starting the All-Star game. Austin with 312 batting average is uh, one of the best in all of baseball right now. And he has a real chance of winning the American League batting title. And if you're going to go defensive stats, Hayes, yeah, he's top five, top 10 outfielders, war, F, war, all those fun, fancy stats. But he's definitely uh, he definitely has highlights being an outfield, gunning runners down, putting on highlights of diving, making catches. Just just a great outfielder, great defensive player. He's one of the best offensive batters in baseball. Why the fuck not would he be playing in the All-Star game? Then we got Adley Rushman hitting home run derby. Sure, why not? It's fun to have an Oriole to root for in the home run derby. He's going to have his dad pitch to him in the derby. That's nice. And, uh, yeah, so Rushman's going to try to join Cal Ripken Jr., Miguel Tejada, home run derby winners, wearing Orioles jerseys. But it's been fun over the years watching Chris Davis, Adam Jones, Manny Machado, all those guys out there doing the home run derby. And, and look, we'll chat about the All-Star game and home run derby next episode. I'll also get into the draft next episode and give my thoughts on their picks. You know, I could sit here for an hour and read all the scouts' breakdowns of all these players that the Orioles might pick. How about we'll just go over who they picked, why they picked them, go from there, see how that goes. But yeah, I'm sure everyone's going to be tuning into the Home Run Derby All-Star Game. I can't wait to see Bautista come out because when he comes out in regular games and he's closing games out, he's throwing 102, 103 because he's amped up, fired up. Think about coming out in an All-Star Game. (laughs) Man, if he's warmed up, feeling good, he's pumped up, ready to go, we might be seeing 104, 105. (laughs) Be entertaining if he was... Pumped up, throwing that heat, but his control wasn't with him. <laughs> Just watching batters dive out of the way for their life. Oh, shit! Oh, so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to Adley hitting home run derby with his dad pitching to him. Looking forward to the All-Star game. Not looking forward to a pause in the season. That All-Star break is always the worst. Some long days. Long days without baseball. Um, Before moving forward... I've talked about Fangraphs on here before. They do not give Orioles much love at all. I mean, last week, they had the Orioles at like 40% uh, making the playoffs. They had the Blue Jays at like 60. I think they had the Yankees at like 57. They they still had the Orioles just above the Red Sox. I mean, Fangraphs, I think they've given up on on the Red Sox. I always thought it was a a Red Sox fan who ran the Fangraphs site, the way that they always uh, broke it down with their percentage of who's going to win what. But finally, just the other day, uh, they have the Orioles at 70% making the playoffs. Uh, they have the Yankees at 60. 
They have the Red Sox at 26%, Blue Jays at 68, and of course the Rays at 97. Pertaining to winning the division, now this is what I was laughing about last week. They had the Orioles at like just above the Red Sox at like 8% of winning the division. They have the Rays 70% winning the division. But now right under them, they finally have the Orioles. They have them at 12.5%. Then they have the Blue Jays at 9, Yankees at 7, Red Sox at 1. So Fangraphs are basically convinced, yeah, the, the Rays are going to win the division. But up until like the other day, they just had the Orioles like third and fourth place of 8% here, 7% here, 40% here. Fifth, it's like, come on. I don't know why I let Fangraphs get to me so much. But they're coming around. Like, yeah, they're on to something here. Speaking of coming around, Colton Kowser finally coming around. Put on that Orioles jersey. He came up Wednesday night. And if you're excited to watch his first at bat, well, you missed a little bit of it. Thanks to Masson. Masson, get your head together. Pull your head out of your ass over there. What are you doing? You got us watching a 2020 game of Aiken pitching against the Braves during the rain delay. Now you're screwing it up on Colton Kowser's first at bat. Well, yeah, so anyway, I, I, that game comes around. Wednesday night comes around. Colton Kowser's coming up to bat. I'm excited, and I'm looking at the TV, and I'm like, that's not Colton Kowser. That's John Means wearing a headset being interviewed. What is happening right now? <laughs> not even like a split screen. You know, we could have watched Colton Kowser's at bat and heard the audio of John Means talking again. I love myself some Johnny Means, but I wanted to watch Colton Kowser at bat. So come on, Masson, get your shit together. <laughs> That was how Colton Kowser's uh, career started on TV, on Massa Network. But I love it. I love watching Colton Kowser. I get it. He's batting 154, two for 13. He'll be all right. But I love how these young guys are so patient at the plate. So refreshing to see that. You can tell Colton Kowser has his shit together at the plate. And how I know this, Saturday against the Twins, when they had that big six-run inning, it was bases loaded. Here comes Colton Kowser, and again, he's batting 154. He's trying to redeem himself. Most of the time, young guys come up to the plate. They have bases loaded, no outs. They're like, it's my time to shine. I want to be the hero. One of the most unselfish at-bats I've seen all season. Kowser got the count to 3-0. Wound up walking on a pitch that probably was a strike, but <laughs> he wasn't worried about being a big hero at the plate with Bases loaded. He waited for his pitch, didn't get it, and took the walk. Brought in a run. Again, that started the big inning. But with a guy like Cows, a young guy coming up trying to prove himself, I mean, just a great at bat. You can tell he's not overmatched. He's not swinging at junk. He doesn't look like he's trying to hit a 470 foot bomb every time the, the you know pitch is thrown his way. He's just up there doing his job. He's playing great defense. These Orioles, you know, with him coming up, they've won four in a row. Uh, look, a lot of it has to do with the pitching, too, which is ironic, knowing how upset Orioles fans have been with their pitching, starting bullpen, you name it. Seems like anyone other than Bautista or Cano were going, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know how long this lead is going to last. But, hey, these last four wins, four straight quality starts with 142 ERA, six quality starts in the last eight games with a 223 ERA. Now, speaking of pitching, I know a lot of us are going, hey, what's up with Grayson? What, what's going on with our boy Grayson Rodriguez? Yeah, we're definitely going to see him soon. Because his last two starts, he only allowed one earned run with one walk and 20 strikeouts in 20 innings. 
In the month of June, he went 4-0, 222 ERA, 106 whip, 185 average against him. So, yeah, we're going to see Grayson coming up very soon. And if he continues to keep pitching like we're seeing down there, I know it's night and day with the minors and the majors, but, man, if he gets his shit together, and even when he was struggling, we were seeing signs. Like, man, he's the real deal. My God, would that help. So with the pitching starting to come around, and if Grayson comes up and can help like we know he can, oh, the sky's the limit. The offense starting to click. Oh, boy. You want to talk about offense clicking. That Yankee series, those last two games, oh, that was wonderful. Going to get some emails here in just a second, but I, I got to talk about uh, <laughs> some those Yankee games. Look, just another example of Yankee fans. They're just shitbag fans. I'm sure you saw this. The uh, When the Orioles came to New York, uh, Aaron Hicks, who played for the Yankees for seven years, they just wanted to show their appreciation. So they uh, played some 30-second uh, tribute video. And <laughs> every single fan in Yankees Stadium. I, I'm laughing because it's just something. You just shake your head and you're like, here it is. Just example number 426 of why the Yankee fans suck. They just start booing. And, of course, uh, you know, the Yes Network, they put the camera on Aaron Hicks. Well, what's he going to do? Hold up his middle finger to everybody? He knows. He knows what kind of fan base that is. So he's just starting to smile and laugh. And he had a good laugh when he was trotting around the bases after hitting that home run. Oh, man, Aaron, you should have milked that. You should have milked the shit out of that. He should have basically been walking around the bases. And he should have just been smiling and waving. (laughs) Like he's in a, uh, like Miss America, waving to the crowd, waving to the audience, thanking them. (laughs) And then after the home run, after he goes back to the dugout, he should have come out and done a curtain call. You know, it's like, fuck those Yankee fans. That was just such a shitbag situation. Anyway, you know, it's funny. Yankee fans on Twitter were defending the booing. That was hilarious. And and I figured that was going to happen. Because a lot of the Oriole fans on Twitter, not just Oriole fans, I mean, fans from all over that just going, yeah, look at the Oriole, look at the Yankee fans acting like a bunch of assholes. So, of course, Yankee fans are sitting on there defending the reason why it was okay to boo Aaron Hicks during a tribute video. They're such snobby, entitled pricks. Most fans said he deserved booing because he didn't play up to his contract. What a bunch of shitbag fans. So anyway, just another situation of shaking our heads and laughing at Yankee fans. Just being like, what a bunch of bitches. So Wednesday night was a great win, 6-3, to three, because the Orioles, they lose the first two games. In a four-game series in New York against the Yankees, you're not thinking, all right, guys, let's win the next two. You're thinking, please don't get swept. You're wrapping up the first half of the season. You just didn't want to watch a, 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 even three out of four would still sting against the Yankees. No, the Orioles say, fuck that. No. So Wednesday night, great win, 6-3. Thursday night game, 14-1 win. You want to talk about an orgasmic game. You know, we were all looking for the offense to click. We were all season being like, God damn, why can't the Orioles just have a laugher for once? Because they'd always be up like 8 to nothing, And then by the, the seventh inning, it's 8-7. to seven. Oh, no. Oh, we got one. And I love it that it was against the Yankees. And by the way, so, you know, I couldn't have been the only one who got frustrated. 14 to 1 win. It's a great game, <laughs> especially against the Yankees. But I so, so badly 
wanted them to have a goose egg. I wanted to win 14 to nothing. But was I the only one who got frustrated about that? I kind of was like, oh, God dang it, Urias. What the fuck? You let the ball go by. Like, I was mad. My wife was even laughing at me. Like, the Orioles are winning 14 to 1. I said, I know. How stupid is that? Why am I sitting here upset going, God damn it. We let him get a run. But I couldn't have been the only one who was feeling that way. But anyway, that uh, third inning Thursday night, oh, that was great. The Orioles had their second biggest inning of the season when they scored seven runs. And what was funny, on May 24th, they had an eight-run seventh inning and a 96 win against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. So the Orioles love pounding up on the Yankees pitching. And on Thursday night, oh, my God, 20 of the first 30 batters reached Thursday night. I mean, this game just started off like it was a uh, Christmas gift because – When Henderson flicked that home run down left field wall to start the game, I was a little distracted. I was doing something, had the game on, of course, and I was watching. I watched Henderson flick that ball. It looked like he just flicked it foul. I turn around. I start doing something else. When I look back at the TV, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Trotting around the bases. Had to rewind it. Had to go back and look and be like, what the hell? How did he hit that out of the stadium? But again, the Yankee Stadium is just, it's just a joke. Just an absolute little league joke of a stadium. Now, Henderson became the second Oriole to get four hits in the first four innings. And now the first Oriole, Cedric Mullins, April 4th, 2021. But in that game, Henderson hit two home runs. Of course, the one down left field wall. But the second one, holy shit. In right center. Just before I started recording, I think the ball just landed. And I love how when Gunner hit it, he was just standing there admiring it. <laughs> I don't know if he was just trying to if he was trying to rub it in and pimp it a little bit, or he really was like, holy shit. Look at this hit. <laughs> it was his first multi-home run game and uh his first four hit and five RBI game. I'm sure there's gonna be plenty more of those in his career. But that Thursday night game. I mean, just all the entertainment, and I even got to say, Brandon Hyde, as much as you never want to see him get thrown out, even that, even I was starting to laugh, like, what the fuck is going on here? Of course, I'm, I'm mad, and then I'm, I'm laughing, I'm just shaking my head, like, this is just a wild night, and of course, Peralta, who hit Kowser, uh, you know, of course, he was headhunting, I mean, it was just obvious, even, even Jim Palmer basically was saying, Look, the, the fucking guy's head hunting. This is bullshit. Kevin Brown playing the devil's advocate. Now, wait a minute. How do we know? Jim Palmer, I know, wanted to look at Kevin and be like, shut the fuck up. I think I would know better than anyone right now watching the game, playing the game. I've been around the game longer than anyone. I know this is bullshit right now. And even the fans, everybody watching. So anyway, we all know he was head hunting. And for some reason, after he hit Kowser, I never understand this part of the game. Why? umpires warn both benches. So the entire reason that you're warning both benches in a baseball game is because you knew what was going on there, which means you need to throw out their pitcher. You cannot say, Hey, we know why he was throwing at your batter. So we're going to ask you guys politely, please don't retaliate. But in the meantime, we're going to allow their pitcher to continue the inning. It is the most asinine situation. So I get why Brandon Hyde goes out. I get why any manager runs out on the field when that happens. You see it all the time. You see the other team headhunting. And yeah, they want to retaliate. 
But the umpires are like, nope, 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 we're, we're, we're pleased. And I understand why the umpires do it. Look, we don't, we don't want this to get out of hand. We don't want anyone to get hurt. We don't want a brawl to start. That part I get. But if you're going to warn both benches, you got to throw out the fucking pitcher who started the whole reason of why you're warning both benches. It was incredible that they let Peralta finish that at inning. And I love what Brandon Hyde said after the game. He goes, that's my first ejection being up two touchdowns. I thought that was very classy, very clever. <laughs> and then, you know, unfortunately with everything that was going on with the offense and, and uh, Hyde getting thrown out, Kyle Bradish is over here like, hey, guys, I, I pitched six scoreless innings. I only allowed three hits. He pitched a hell of a game. The entire game, offense, defense, pitching, all of it. It was just a hell of a game. Uh, but I want to hear from you guys. How do you feel first half of the Orioles? What do you think's coming up in the second half? Just anything on your mind. If you want to talk about the draft, let's talk about it. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Got an email from Ava. She writes in. She says, hello, Mr. Full Count Chaos. Love the podcast and the humor you bring us every week. You had me laughing so hard talking about DJ Diesel last episode and your opinion about his music. It really is funny seeing Shaquille O'Neal playing techno music for everyone. I did try to listen to his music, and it was not my cup of tea. That was not the music I used to dance to when I would go out clubbing every night. My neighbor was at the game Friday and stayed to see DJ Diesel. He said him and his wife did not know what kind of music it was and wound up leaving five minutes after the music started playing. That's why it made me laugh so hard when you were talking about his music. My neighbor said the same thing, and they're always going to DJ shows, dancing like a bunch of maniacs. I know this because I once ate a bunch of mushrooms and went to a rave party with them about two years ago, had a blast, but they did not like DJ Diesel's music. I also want to say how awesome the season has been and how exciting the second half will be as they get closer to the playoffs. Love the podcast to go. O's. Ava, thank you very much. Appreciate the email. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of Shaq's music, but apparently there are a ton of people who love the fast Mortal Kombat techno music because he sells out a ton of shows around the country. Uh, you know, he um, actually, after I, the episode, I had a, a friend text and say, yeah, so-and-so went and saw his show down in like D.C. a couple months ago, and they loved it. So, again, yeah, I just, like, like Ava says, not my cup of tea, but apparently people love him. And when I was watching, when I first listened to Shaq's music or DJ Diesel's music, um, I pulled up some video on YouTube and he was like, my God, it looked like he was at uh, uh, some huge, like a Lollapalooza show. So again, he, he draws huge crowds. I guess people do love the music, but yeah, just not my thing. <laughs> but yeah, Ava, I guess uh, her name, she's saying her neighbor's tried it out as well but it just just wasn't happening so again appreciate the email ava all right here's an email from joe he says hey nate this first half of the season has been so exciting and refreshing you make me laugh when you talk about having ptsd knowing dang well that's exactly what orioles fans are still going through we're so used to losing all the time that anytime the orioles have a slump we all panic and think the worst of the worst that's exactly what starts to happen i still cannot believe this team has one of the best records in baseball and only a couple games behind the Rays. My brother and I try to watch every single game, and we even cancel plans this season so we can watch the games. 
We've been to 12 games this season, and only one game was a loss. Pretty good average. We're planning on going to a lot more this second half so we can help the Orioles win. Silly superstitions that make us think this actually works. <laughs> he says, I also wanted to say I'm very disappointed in your thoughts about Cedric Mullins. He is so good out in center field, and his bat is slowly starting to come around. He had one of the best catches in center field on Friday, robbing a home run, but you continue to shit on the guy. LOL, he writes. What's up with that? Where's the Cedric love? Anyway, anyway, can't wait for the second half of the season. October baseball will be at Camden Yards. Joe, appreciate the email. Uh, yeah, again, I, I'm serious. That, that PTSD, it's a real thing <laughs> with the Orioles, especially with the rebuild and the season before and all that crazy shit. But uh, I, I feel like I'm defending myself all the time with Cedric, uh, talking about Cedric Mullins. I, I'm not shitting on the guy. All I say is I'm not a fan of his arm. He's got weak arm strength. And runners are constantly taking extra bases when the ball's in Cedric's hand. But again, I'm not going to continue to go down that path right now of talking about Cedric Mullins' arm. I feel like I talk about that all the time. But yeah, Joe, I'm not shitting on the guy. I'm just basically stating a fact. His arm is a liability in center field. He's a great player to have on the Orioles, but his arm is a, is a problem. But anyway, yeah, I hope you and your brother continue to go to games. You've been to 12, you said, only one loss. Yeah, man, what's that saying? Uh, superstitions in sports is only weird if it doesn't work. <laughs> Buy a bunch of tickets. Joe says he's canceling plans lately to go to the games. I hear that a lot, too. I'm wondering, uh, you out there, how many plans have you canceled the first half of the season because the Orioles are so fun to watch? I've done it. Hell, my wife and I have done it. We've both done it. We we have a little bit of plans to go see this person or, you know, her family's having some people over. Sorry, we want to just sit and have fun and watch the Orioles game. So, yeah, I'm right there with you, Joe. I've canceled a few plans the first half of the season, although I do that all the time, even through the rebuild, even when the Orioles are playing bad baseball I'll cancel plans to watch some Orioles games. But appreciate the email, Joe. Still want to hear from you folks. Uh, how'd the first half of the season go? Are you canceling plans? You say, no, I want to see every single play of this team right now. Want to know what's on your mind? Also, more experiences that you've had at Camden Yards that you'll never forget. Love to hear that. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, last week, and... I remember getting an email a couple months ago about this as well, saying, dude, you are a couple weeks ago. You're not giving uh, much love to Tyler Wells much on your podcast. I don't think that's true. I've definitely given Wells props. I mean, definitely well-deserved. He's one of the best out there, believe it or not. And there's 104 innings. All right, I'll go down the list here. I'll give some uh, hats off to Wells, which I, I don't know. I mean, a couple people have told me that, so <laughs> don't mean to leave Tyler Wells out of celebrating how well the Orioles are doing. 104 innings. He's posted a major league best .927 whip. The third best before the all-star break in team history for a pitcher with at least that many innings. And basically this is a breakdown of Nathan Ruiz wrote about um, Tyler Wells because he leads the Orioles rotation in a 318 ERA and has gone at least five innings in all 18 of his outings. The fourth, Longest streak to start a season in franchise history. Yeah, I've given Wells props. Absolutely. The guy's just on fire. And he sounded a little disappointing when asked about not making the all-star break. Of course, he's not going to start throwing shit out of his locker and saying it's bullshit. 
But yeah, he did say he's a little disappointed. Thought he did enough to make the All-Star game. But oh well, you know. he uh, If he continues to pitch like he does in the second half and then rolls over into next season, yeah, I'm sure we're going to see him in the All-Star game. But yeah, hats off to Tyler Wells. Props to that boy. I hope he continues to keep pitching the way he's pitching, helping out the Orioles. And with Grayson Rodriguez coming up, he's killing it like I just spoke about with the pitching. And curious to see if Michael Elias does any trades before the deadline to help out this team moving forward. Definitely need some help in the bullpen. No lead is safe with this bullpen other than Cano and Bautista. And Cano, there's flashes of him coming back down to reality. I hate that fucking saying. I don't know why I just said that. But that's also something I want to hear from you guys. What do you think uh, Elias should do before the trade deadline? So a lot next week, next episode that I'll get into, the Home Run Derby, the All-Star break. Did, you know, Elias making any moves? What's he going to do? The draft, obviously. So, yeah, we'll have fun in the next couple episodes coming up. Again, want to hear from you guys always, anytime, anything on your mind. Full Count Chaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see ya.